Hello, friends. Welcome back to Meg Living Inside Out. This is episode 25 of our series on friendship. Mentors. The good. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. A mentorship ultimately is a very special kind of friendship. If you look in the Bible, we see a relationship between Paul and Timothy, Elijah and Elisha. This is a very intentional pouring into relationship. Now, something to keep in mind is that while the New Testament, and I forget which passage exactly, exhorts ministry leaders and the elders to invest in the body and in the church, and there is a responsibility to do that. A mentorship relationship of the quality of Timothy and Paul or Elisha and Elijah is not something that is promised or guaranteed. Good quality people of Paul and Elijah's stature in the body of Christ are very thoughtful about how they invest their time, specifically who they invest their time in. And so if I can borrow from my most recent Instagram post on friendship, the best way to find friends is to be trustworthy and then to be friendly. And then just repeat both of those until you see your community take shape. That is also my advice for how to find a good mentor. Be trustworthy and be friendly. So it is my observation that while various organizations have tried and with varying degrees of success to partner people with mentors, um, the richest relationships really come from an organic pairing where two people just connect with each other in a very synergistic way. And it is my observation that the healthiest mentoring relationships look like friendship and with the slight twist of one person is slightly older than the other person and the younger person is reciprocating enough to the older person that it just feels like a friendship to them and a very natural relationship but the older person is pouring into the younger person in such a way um that the younger person feels that they're receiving more than they're giving. Now, age doesn't always have to be a part of this. You might have somebody who is a more mature believer who is younger investing in someone who is a new believer in the faith who is older. So it doesn't just go by age, although in general it does. Um, And while hopefully wisdom does come with age, really wisdom, and we see this in James 1, wisdom is really a gift from God. And so whoever whoever pounds on the doorstep of heaven is going to get wisdom. So um, wisdom is also not determined by age, which is 
very comforting. And I love what Paul says to Timothy. Do not let anyone look down on you because you're young. And Paul says that to Timothy because he knows what is in Timothy. He knows the dedication. Um, and if you know the details of Timothy's story, I encourage you for homework. Otherwise, I will go on a massive tangent. I encourage you for homework to read up on Timothy in the book of Acts and really study that story and that relationship. Um, while we're hi highlighting biblical mentoring relationships, I'm going to jump back to Elijah and Elisha. The timing that God gifted Elisha to Elijah was very important in Elijah's life. Their names are very similar, so I apologize if that's confusing to you. But Elijah was the prophet of Israel. Elijah with a J. Elisha with a S-H um, was the mentee. And so Elijah had a really long day. <laughs> a very, very long day. Um, and essentially, the land had been without rain for several years because of Elijah's prayers. And then Elijah had gathered the nation of Israel together and said, if Baal is God, worship him. But if Yahweh is God, worship him. And the prophets of Baal got together and built an altar and sacrificed a, uh, an offering. And the challenge that Elijah gave to them was the offering where fire falls from heaven and burns up the, the, the altar and burns up the sacrifice, that's the person whose God is real, basically. So the prophets of Baal are running around the altar, uh, cutting themselves, by the way. Actually, cutting is in the Bible, and it's a satanic practice. So um, if you're wondering why things that you cut with have a particularly strong spiritual draw and hold, it's because it's actually a satanic practice. Literally, to quote Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new under the sun. So, um, and, and I don't say that in judgment of anyone who's cutting. I'm sharing this to let you know that this is a thing. And I may not have participated in cutting specifically, but I have definitely done some self-harm. Um, I've ripped up my skin with my fingernails. You don't have to just use knives. Um, also, I don't recommend that. Um, so, to get back to my medium-length middle tangent from the baby tangent. Um, so... The prophets of Baal offered their sacrifice. Nothing happened. And it goes on for hours, a few a few hours. Meanwhile, Elijah is mocking them. Maybe your God's taking a, taking a nap. Maybe he's going to the bathroom. Uh, very appropriate mocking. Uh, yeah, sarcasm is in the Bible. And sometimes mean sarcasm is appropriate. So Elijah builds the altar to Yahweh puts a bowl on it, sacrifices, I think it's a bowl, sacrifices the animal, and then has people dump absolute buckets of water 
And then he kneels down, he prays, and immediately fire falls from heaven, burns up the sacrifice, burns up the wood for the fire, burns up the stones underneath making up the altar, and the fire actually burns up the water in the trench surrounding the altar. Following that, Elijah goes and executes the prophets of Baal because they are false prophets. And then he, once he's done with that, he goes and he prays for rain. Then he sees a cloud coming that the rain is going to start. And then he runs in front of King Ahab's horses and chariot all the way to Jezreel. So when I tell you that he had a really long day, he had a really, really long day. Um, The next day, Queen Jezebel basically sends him a message and is like, I'm going to kill you, bud. Elijah is tired, exhausted, depressed. And let me tell you something, kids. We are way off on mentorship, but this is important. Um... When you go through some really intense moments in ministry, there is quite consistently, for me anyways, there is a dip after the high. So, I, I've i seen that over and over and over every time I've done anything of spiritual importance. I am tired the next day or the next week. Heck, when I recorded the video, Why Be Authentic? Good thing I was on vacation from work because I was basically on my back for the next three days. And keep in mind, I sat in front of that camera and talked for 12 minutes. Like, sitting on a stool talking and then the next three days I'm on my back, can't move. I could move, but I was just, like, completely exhausted. So, um, Elijah is tired, depressed, he's afraid, and he goes and he runs away. And God feeds him, he sends him food and meat, he shows him, he he shows up in the whisper in the mountain, um, and then he says to him, and Elijah is like, I am the last person. And God's like, no, you're not the last righteous person. Because I know of several hundred men who have not ever bowed their knee to Baal. Now go to this place and this field and you will find Elisha plowing his field with however many oxen. And you throw your mantle on him and you tell him to come follow you. And that was the circumstance of God giving Elijah the mentee Elisha. And so sometimes God sends a mentor a mentee because they need to be encouraged and they need to be strengthened. And I have a friend mentee in my life who is that for me and I'm extremely grateful for her. Um... Something I do need to, well, I'm talking about the good in this podcast, and I think next podcast we'll talk about the bad and the ugly. 
So, um, let me find my place in my brain. So to recap, sometimes God will send a mentor, a mentee, because they need to be encouraged. Um, in Paul and Timothy's case, um, I, I'm sure that Timothy encouraged Paul. Paul spoke of Timothy as if he was a son. Um, and he, he called them, he called him a son in the faith, um, which if we were going to nitpick with Paul for a second, um, Jesus actually said that you shouldn't call anyone fathers in the faith, um, but only brothers and sisters because you're kind of all on equal footing in front of the cross and we have God the Father. Um, so a little nitpick with fault. A little nitpick with Paul there, but um, he's also the Apostle Paul, and he knew what he was doing, so uh, I'm just going to let history sort that out. Um, There are a lot of things in the Bible that I do not understand. Um, I was listening to uh, the Gospel uh, of Matthew Visual Bible, um, which is a four-hour movie, verse-by-verse, going through the Gospel of Matthew uh, with Bruce Marciano, and... We, I got to a certain chapter and I was like, there's that verse that I still don't understand. And it's been however many, you know, two plus decades that I've known about this verse and I still don't understand it. And I mentioned it to my husband. He said, well, you know, you could go look up a commentary. And I said, yeah, I could go look up a commentary. That's actually a really good idea. Um, so um, speaking of which, like the Matthew Henry, com- the Matthew Henry commentaries, very good. The Spurgeon commentary is very good. Um, yeah, go go look up commentaries. Commentaries are good. Blue Letter Bible also will have commentaries. Um, Olive Tree. Uh, there's the Logos software that I know nothing about. Um, this is why people go to seminary, so they can understand as many verses as possible. And then teach people the truth and love people and explain how the whole story of the Bible works together and makes sense and doctrine. Um, so, but there are also still a lot of things where I personally don't have the time and energy, uh, have not yet had the time and energy to go and look up that verse in a commentary. So I'm just accepting the mystery of that verse. And when there are things in scripture that confuse us, sometimes we just have to hold that mystery and say to God, Hey God, I trust that you're going to explain this to me at some point. And carry on being obedient with what you do know to do. So, um, continuing on mentorship, another pattern that I have noticed in a really healthy mentorship, mentoring relationship is that there's a lot of time. My husband has had a mentor. Oh gosh. He met him in when he was in high school and he it's been it's been quite a few years since then um and so a really healthy mentoring relationship will last a long time um and again this is one of those friendships where Ben feels like he is receiving more than he's giving Um, One of the challenges of this friendship is that his mentor has gone through 
different life challenges. Um, he has four kids and, um, um, Ben has to accept, uh, you know, that his availability changes because of different seasons in his life and the things that he's going through. And so Ben has had to be patient and accept what his mentor basically he has to accept when his mentor has time to invest in him um and they do live a bit away from us so a lot of times Ben will spend time with him playing video games and uh talking and voice chatting while they play that game together and so that's a part of them just being friends together you know they're not always talking about deep stuff they're just spending time together being friends um and I love what uh Rachel Jankovic has said in her podcast um uh what have you um what have you is the name of the podcast she loves working with people and if you want to organically find a good mentor volunteer and at your church and show up and help um ask to learn how somebody else is doing something and help them do it something that our culture has really lost is the model of apprenticeship and apprenticeship is where somebody who doesn't know as much but has maybe some natural talent and some trustworthy character spends and invests their time with a master of a craft and learns from that master, mostly just by helping and here's the next tool that you need, pass me the wrench. Um, And it's really when you spend that quantity of time that you get the quality of learning. Um, And one of the best ways to build camaraderie is to go and work with people. And at the very least, even if you don't find a mentor, you will connect with different people just by serving with them and rubbing elbows. And you may learn a little bit from this one, and you might learn a little bit from that one. And you might have three more phone numbers in your phone where you can check in on them. And, you know, if they have time, they might check in on you. Um, I want to tangent on networking for a second. Networking has a really negative connotation to it because it's used in marketing because marketing has a really negative connotation and sales has a really negative connotation. And I want to get to the heart of that by saying that sales, when done properly, is about helping someone find a product that helps them. It's about helping people. And I'm not talking about schmarmy, trying to be manipulative, let me sell you this thing that's not going to be useful for you, and then I'm going to get a bunch of money. Um, sales, when done right, is properly is about helping people. Marketing, when done right, is about helping people. I'm deeply passionate about marketing. Visit my website and analyze the structure of how I have things laid out. Look at the top bar. Look at the footer. What am I emphasizing? I'm emphasizing my email list. Where's my social links? They're at the very bottom. They're two little tiny dots. Um, 
I am telling my story over and over again. I'm emphasizing what I have to give to other people. And the only time I ask for something is when I know I can give even more in return. And that ask is what I need to sustain my ministry. So, now that we have shared our defense of sales and marketing, let's defend networking. Networking is very simply, let's say I meet a neighbor and we have a great conversation and then three months go by and I never talk to them again. Well, how strong is that connection? Not very. But let's say that I meet that neighbor and three weeks later, I'm walking a dog and I see them again and we have another short conversation and I find out, oh, their daughter's going through something and, oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's just good to know. Thank you for sharing that with me. I know how to pray for you now. Um, let's say that a month and a half goes by and we see them again. Let's say that you can remember, some people's brains are built differently. If you're not, if your memory's not great, get an app like Trello or get a very simple spiral bound notebook and take notes on people and take notes on what you want to pray for people and different things that are important to them. Um, so let's say that a month and a half goes by and I see them again and I, and I remember about their daughter, and I'm able to ask, hey, how's your daughter doing? That connection is a little bit stronger because they know that I care about them and they know that I care about them in the present. You know, I've been listening and paying attention and my, my how are you status for them is relatively up to date. So, um... Part of the thing about community, because, I mean, friendship, it ultimately always comes back to community. Um, The thing about community is that the more healthy connections that you have, even if it's just on that, hey, every once in a while that I see you, we touch base, and I'm glad to know how you're doing, and you're glad to know how I'm doing, um, the more the better healthier and um I think about the various places that I've lived and the connections that I've had and if I had had the diligence to maybe maintain those connections long distance I need to talk about long distance friendships that will be next yes okay um if I had more had more diligence and also emotional energy um to maintain those connections long distance, I would be potentially benefiting from those connections now. But also, God knows that I haven't had the emotional energy to maintain as many connections as I would like to. And so a lot of my long distance people that I used to be connected with have faded. And I just... I don't know them anymore and they don't know me anymore and so we just kind of accept that and we move on um but I've really prioritized investing in my community 
and um, my real life community where I live in here in Alabama and um, the more let me back up I wouldn't say that I have one person who is mentoring me right now right now and throughout my life I've had various people who have been one-on-one mentors um and I'm very grateful for those. But in this season, I I think of the women in my church. And when I'm going through something hard, I'll be walking through the entryway at church. And I'll bump into one of them and they'll ask, how are you? And I'll burst into tears. And they will have the time and energy to sit and talk with me. Um, I'm describing a real life event <laughs> that happened, by the way, uh, like within the past few months. Um, and so God is very gracious that within my kind of breadth of connections here locally, God is able to send me people who are able to encourage me in depth when I need that support um, and counsel. Um, I I mentioned in previous episodes that I've had family struggles and the women in my church have absolutely heard the drama and all the things about those scenarios. And, you know, sometimes it's been outside of a restaurant and there's five people present and I say, you know, my mom had unrealistic expectations about this with the wedding dress and they'll be like that was unrealistic expectations and that was on her not on you and I'm like oh thank you I thought so but I wasn't sure and it bothered so having a breadth and is also very healthy form of mentorship I, I, I feel that I am mentored by the group of women in my church and I am extremely grateful for that and so I I know that if I need something, um, God will show me who to ask for help with that. And if that maybe that person is available, well, then I'll ask someone else or I'll wait. Um, so that is also a very healthy form of friendship is, you know, having a having a broad initially it'll be a surface connection with a group of women and then you know letting god take that deeper as the as the opportunities arise so something else that i have noticed in mentorship um and this is a good thing this is a really beautiful benefit um the mentee that i was discussing earlier Oftentimes, my conversations with her will lead me into discussing things that I've thought very deeply about that I had forgotten, (laughs) if that makes sense. So I will think really hard on something and I'll make peace with it. And then once I make peace with it, I kind of, it leaves my short-term memory and it goes into my long-term memory and she'll mention something and my brain will ping that file folder all the way in the back of my head like hey you know you remember that thing you thought about like 
very old and dusty. Like, yeah, grab that file folder, dust it off, and go on a tangent. And that has been really fun. Um, and it's it's been very flattering uh, to use a a word with a negative conversation, but it's been very encouraging in a very to to realize oh, I made peace with that and that will help her and let me share this. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, as a, <sighs> yeah. Um, and sometimes also it will be beneficial in the sense that um, we'll be discussing current events within um, the American church. And I will go off on a tangent about people that, names that she's never heard before. And I, I have been active on Twitter. Well, I'm not active and relational on Twitter at this time, but I got, I became active on Twitter in 2011. I have been friends with a lot of fee- people that I now kind of feel betrayed by. I have been acquaintances with leaders and I've seen some very interesting decisions made and some really interesting statements formed by people that I used to trust. And that is... And in another sense, those men mentored me in a very group sense. Um, and I feel this is an appropriate place to talk briefly about this. Um, so first of all, let me start by saying that men and women can and should be friends. Let me also say that the context of that friendship is very important. So... If I'm showing up at an event and, or a house gathering, um, house gatherings are really important for the body of Christ. That's, like, church is good, but house gatherings are the meat and potatoes. Um, so let's say I show up. Let's say I'm a single woman and I don't have a husband to accompany me and it's just me living alone in the world as I did since 2004 um, to 2017. So let's say that there's a man and his wife. And because they are there as a unit, and I can be friends with both of them in a very appropriate way, I can be friends with that man. Um, let's say I, I, I attended a mega church. Let's say you're in a hallway in a very public space and you have a conversation and there's the public accountability of it being in a public space. Um, that is good and healthy. Um, and in, in, to, to wrap up the Twitter discussion, um, me sharing my observations on American Christianity and various people that I have various opinions on um, one, it's educated my friend where she is younger than me and she's not aware of the cast of characters. 
Um, but talking to me is kind of giving her a lay of the land. Obviously, I'm sharing that lay of the land from my biased viewpoint. Um, but also, I have a very great deal of appreciation for these men where they were the ones who, they were quiet Calvinists. And it was watching a, a little at-reply conversation one day where I realized these men that I respect take Calvinism seriously. And if I respect them, respect and trust them, as I did then, and I have some respect for some of them now and less trust and respect for others, um, if I have some trust and respect in them and they take Calvinism seriously, well, let me not write it off. And um, I had already process at that point the sovereignty of God and um, that little exchange just reading their at replies to each other very casually on on Twitter um, was very helpful for me in making me more open-minded towards um, the reformed side of the denominations um, and that was very beneficial for my faith. And I would say it, it really deepened my appreciation for doctrine. Um, and the reformed side of the faith is the one who worships God in truth. And in contrast, we have the spirit-filled side of the faith that worships God more in spirit. And we need each other. And we need to learn from each other. And the spirit-filled need to learn from the the, tr the truth worshipers in order to worship him in truth and the uh, the truth lovers need to learn from the spirit filled so that they can participate better in spiritual warfare so um, that's my minute tangent on that that's a free bonus <laughs> uh, yeah podcasts are fun so mentorship as from men to a woman is doable, but it needs to be appropriate, and it needs to be very public, and um, with the men that I referenced on Twitter, um, I made it a point to learn their wives' names, and I still remember them to this day. Um, some of them I've forgotten, but <laughs> some I remember. Um, yeah, so... I hope that was helpful. Um, I'm sure there are other good benefits to mentoring that are not coming to mind, but my desire for an exhaustive encyclopedic uh, form of a podcast is not always a realistic expectation that I have on myself. So I'm going to wrap up uh, this episode here. Um, and then we move on to the bad and the ugly, and oh boy, it's 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 going to be a lot. So, um, before I make the call to action request about clicking the link in the description to connect with a mentor, let me talk about um, that ministry. So this ministry, um, and they tend to keep their name quiet, um, but they also run the website issuesiface.com. So if you want to 
compare my website and my landing page with something else, you're welcome to go over there and take a look. Um, so this ministry is very much focused on bringing people in to the body of Christ. Um, they, they appreciate the denominational differences, but they do not let them, they do not let those doctrinal differences divide them. Again, these were secondary issues like infant baptism versus believer's baptism or, um, gifts of the spirit versus cessationism. And so I'm, I'm sure there's others, but, uh, Oh, do they overemphasize the sovereignty of God in choosing us? Or do they emphasize man's response in choosing God? That's called Calvinism versus Armenianism. Um, They ignore those and they prioritize bringing people in and just telling people about Jesus. And in my partnering with them, um, when I I last had a conversation with uh, the marketing team, um, I'm so glad I defined marketing as a positive thing, uh, earlier in this episode. Um, the last time I had a conversation with the marketing team, they identified that my target audience was going to be younger people who they were kind of aware of Christianity, but kind of hostile. Um, but also looking for a safe place to grow their faith. And so, in partnering with me, they recognize that a lot of you guys coming in, you're already going to know some things about Christianity, but you're going to be in a rocky place in your life, and you're going to be kind of afraid of church. Um, and <sighs> I'm thinking about one of my friends right now, and... Um, she's backslidden and we're not really in relationship, but that's next, that's a story for next episode. Um, but, um, going to church was really hard for her because that's where she was abused. And one of the things that she found was that she was spending a lot of time with Christians outside of church. Church was triggering, but her Christian friends weren't. And so... If the safest way for you to fellowship with other believers is just during the week and not during the traditional meeting time, that's okay. Let me encourage you with that. Hanging out with Christians and talking about God counts as church. And the reason that we do it on Sunday is because we're just trying to be more organized (laughs) and maybe organized religion scares you um the key word there is trying we're just trying to be organized you know we we all have if I can reference my mental health friendship podcast we all have limited resources and we're just doing the best we can and um you know that's just a time when we we, we show up, we have that large, big study. But again, house church is where it's at. That is the goal. That is where, like, 
my elders, I've seen my elders cry. I've seen my elders talk about their children who are rebelling against God. And I've grieved that with them. And they've seen me cry. (laughs) And, um... House church is is really the gold. And so even if you don't have the emotional energy or wherewithal to go to a traditional church, hanging out with people is the next best thing. It, it, is, it, is, one of the, it is one of the best things. Um, even if you never go to church ever again. Traditional Sunday morning church. And so I say that to explain, you know, where does this mentoring ministry come in? You know, go to inversestream.com slash podcast slash friendship, and there's a web form there that will connect you with a digital mentor. Well, what does that mean? And what can, should you expect from that? Um, this ministry recruits Christians who are older in their faith, and it also, and, and, they do a lot. Um, it recruits Christians who are mature in their faith, who want to help others, and they have the time to pour into others. Now, this might not be a super long-term mentorship, like I like I talked about at the beginning, but it could be the kind that helps you get out of this season and helps you get into a more stable place. And they might they want to listen. To hard things that you're going through and help you process them and help you make sense of them and they're going to preach the goodness of God over you and into you as you walk through those things they're going to pray for you see that's the thing about mentoring that is actually the most expensive it's Um, thinking about people and praying for them. There's a place in the epistles where Paul writes, who is not weak and I am not weak? Who is taken advantage of and I am not infuriated? And I'm very roughly paraphrasing that, but essentially these people are volunteering their time because they want to obey the great commission and they want to strengthen the body and they know they have wisdom and they're looking for people to share it with and they know that the internet is <laughs> the final frontier in in a in a very strange sense you know we have a lot of people groups that are very ideological and a lot of you folks are in situations where you can't necessarily get out there and network. Some of you are children of the lockdown and you're still in lockdown, which is absolutely infuriating and outrageous. Um, but that's where you are right now. And even in that, God is still at work in your life. This is not wasted time. And he is still protecting you from things. <laughs> I don't necessarily think you need protection from COVID because COVID is way overrated but um he's still protecting you from things there might be ideology and peer groups that he is 
shielding you from that would absolutely tear you apart. But there's still things that you're wrestling with and you need help to work through them. These people want to help you. And if they get in a conversation with you and there's something that they don't know how to help you with, they have other people above them in this ministry who mentor them that they can ask questions of, of this person is saying X, Y, Z, and I don't know what to say. And, um, this person wants to kill themselves and I don't know what to say. And so they're not alone in this. There's no lone wolf believers in the Christian faith. We are all, we got to stick together. Um, Jesus is the big hero and the rest of us are just finding safety in numbers, particularly in those nice small groups that fit in a house so that we know each other's struggles and we have that closeness and the physical proximity and we know what's going on in each other's lives and we're praying for each other and we're crying and we're crying to God for each other, all that good stuff. So, um... These people want to help you. And if this podcast has given you something that you need to think about, something that you need to work through or process, I would encourage you to click the link in the description, inversedream.com slash podcast slash friendship. There will be a web form there that will connect you with a digital mentor. This is not a professional counselor. This is simply a Christian who wants to encourage you on your walk with Christ. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Meg. I love my Jesus. And I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Live it.